Мамбо подкаст. So, hello. That's another episode of Mumble Podcast. We are bro- broadcasting from from Tula. Yeah, you know, coming at you, coming at you live from Tula, from Banana School. Yep. By the way, Banana School. By the way, you know that uh, Tula is uh, an official guns capital of Russia. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But officially, do you know that what no. capital? It's it's Izhevsk. I've just checked, and I don't know. I've never thought that I, I was sure that too late it's sort of a official guns museum but museum sorry it's a capital but yeah, actually it's like, it's like the weapons capital yeah of, of mm-hmm. russia yeah uh banana school yeah we are here recording our podcast uh i'm a bit and uh, nervous and uh, today we are having our first guest on our podcast it's uh, julia absolutely yeah they say they say um they say you know in english we say two is a party mm-hmm. three is a crowd yeah and wow. it's about to get real crowded in here <laughs> because we have our first guest yes julia everybody yep <laughs> so <laughs> uh julia kuznetsova she's a you are a founder of uh, the school right here where we are um recording this podcast and we all work here right Don't you get it? <laughs> Glad to have you here at Banana School. <laughs> yes. Um, you know, actually, I'd, ju- I'd like just to start with a, just a sort of a friendly conversation. And then, but anyway, I've prepared a topic to discuss today. But I'd like to start with, um, with a, just a, I don't know, question. The, how are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, get it and you. I mean, that's now quarter past three, right? How is your day going? Um, well... Not bad, yeah. It's um it's it's been a good day. Yeah, I've been doing fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Great. Um, yeah, you know, just Is it your day off? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thursday sort of my day off, yeah. So it's actually the perfect day for me to record the podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I'm sort of just taking life in its stride and yeah. Mm-hmm. Great. And how do you usually spend your days off, you know? Kinda Is it like are you kinda couch potato? <laughs> well, I wouldn't call myself a couch potato, but during my days off, I try to um, catch up on some of, on some of the things that actually make me happy, that actually bring me joy. You know, okay. I don't I don't often. Well, I love to read, yeah, but I don't often get get the time to do it. And um, yeah, so on, on Thursday, I try to read as much as possible, trying to catch up on um, whatever series I've been watching, or, mm-hmm. um, maybe watch a movie or two. Yeah, just. I guess to try and focus on some of the things that bring me joy. Yeah, that's what I. That's how I try to spend my yeah, day, my free days. And you, Julia? Yeah. Well, that's not my day off. Okay. Unfortunately, but uh, I have the only day off actually. That's Sunday, mm-hmm. and I prefer to switch off all the gadgets which I have and just to be on my own, mm-hmm. do nothing. Um, Uh, go for a walk, maybe. Have you heard of that term, like a me time? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. When yeah. you just yes. completely. I yeah. think every person needs that. Mm, yeah, I agree. Do agree with you? But some people are having some. I mean, although I know about that, I have some difficulties with that. And fairly recently, I was thinking of um, really teaching myself and trying to get used to uh, switching off all that gadgets. Mm-hmm. You know, just being completely off. Uh, and they're just having my uh, my me time, you know, because even when I have a 
sort of a day off, um, I still ha- get some message and I'm kind of used to, you know, responding them and just uh, replying as soon as I uh, can. But anyway, yeah, being, uh, having and being able to spend your kind of spare time properly, it's one of the key uh, aspects of a happy life. I would say, but, and at the same time, um, when you love what you do, and I guess being a teacher is a sort of a that thing. We all are teachers, right? And I'd like to talk about um, teaching today because I think it's obvious. Um, yeah, and uh, first of all, like, what's a teacher for? <laughs> yeah, Kateta, Julia. Yeah, I, really, it's interesting, I think. Yeah, today we've got a lot of, um, gadgets and, uh, and access to different materials and uh, literally you you can learn whatever you want but at the same time it might seem that teacher is you know no longer plays a key kind of role in this kind of teaching in, in this teaching process but yeah that's why I'm wondering what's a teacher for yeah that's actually yeah that's a pretty interesting question and mm-hmm. um, we actually touched on this a little bit the last time we mm-hmm. spoke and, yeah um, yeah, I think a teacher is still necessary, but um, well, a teacher's role is just slightly different. Um, whereas in the past, um, you know, when we didn't have this, you know, information bubble, when we didn't have this um, abundance of information everywhere, mm-hmm. I guess you know, a teacher was really somebody who had to have all this information and impart it mm-hmm. onto you know onto a person. Yeah. But now, um, since all the information is out there. I guess the role of a teacher is not necessarily to just know all of this stuff and impart, and impart it on somebody, but rather to um, yeah to serve as a kind of a kind of guide, mm-hmm. yeah? somebody to kind of guide the person through the mud, yeah, and um, you know kind of separate the necessary information for that person from the unnecessary information, yeah. And I think that's the the role of a modern day teacher, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it, it could further evolve, you know, as time progresses so it's a kind of ever-changing it's a yeah yeah it's, it's an ever-transforming um actually i do agree with you but julia do you agree with uh, Katata? Uh, yeah i like i have the same opinion actually and uh, i think since online education appeared and uh, you know everything goes so fast mm-hmm. and uh the role of a teacher is a bit different. It's not like someone who gives you knowledge, who teach you subjects, but okay. it is someone uh, who who is a guide and uh, you know a kind of a psychologist maybe. Because um, students choose people by their energy, vibes, I don't know their experience. Mm-hmm. And um, I, if I'm gonna choose a teacher. I would definitely bear this in mind mm-hmm. and pay attention to this fact. Um, like today in the morning with our colleague, I was discussing like mm, what's the difference between professionals who know their subject mm-hmm. and uh, teachers who are just beginners, mm-hmm. but they do it really great, but for some levels. And uh, we agreed that a young, a beginner, a young teacher. He's good, but uh, he doesn't have this experience, uh, life experience, that uh, mm, people need um, 
for I don't know for exchanging mm -hmm. um, because you come to the classroom not just to get knowledge mm -hmm. to know present simple for mm -hmm. example to know the rules but you come to the person to mm -hmm. Personality. And do you think that today it's a sort of a main point that think, yeah. uh, that attracts people and it keeps mm -hmm. them keeps them uh, coming and like uh, attending over and over classes? Because to my mind, you know, it's um, and the, again, yeah, very recently I was reading of the it's important of striking that balance between being sort of uh, that entertainer, you know, when you have fun and your classes are pretty joyful, you know, and uh, friendly, but at the same time, students should feel that they are, that they are going towards something and mm -hmm. at the end of a class, you know, they will achieve something. So at the same time, it really, uh, it turns out to be quite a compli complicated task to achieve. I mean, that's being entertainer at the same time being a, um, that, I don't know, person who forces at some point you know to their students to achieve yeah making making the students feel like they're getting you know that at the end of the day they're getting something out of what you're doing yeah. exactly and actually i've uh, you know kind of drawn up a, a, leash, a list of uh, teachers like a three kinds of teachers and i'd like you now to comment i see that you've never maybe uh, you've never kind of encountered the explainer this is the first the involver and the enabler who comes to your mind and uh, to which of these kinds like do you consider yourself to be all right so you said um, explainer involver and enabler exactly it's uh, three kinds of teachers there are three kinds of i think they should be com a combination of three types in one okay well you mean that's one more <laughs> is there one more time <laughs> who is uh, an explainer at the same yes. time involver and enabler <laughs> mixed type or something. <laughs> <laughs> you know according to that statistic is like the enabler is believed to be one of the mm, successful and at the same time maybe the most practical kind of uh, teachers because that person is a is enabled to mm, adopt to that certain circumstances, you know. Ah, and, so what's, what's the difference between an enabler and an involver? An involver and enabler, I guess it's, um, involver just involves you uh, into that subject and makes it, you know, kind of interested, makes mm -hmm. you interested in it. But at the same time, that person, I guess, is lacking in, in uh, just um, understanding whether um, that person is, you know, uh, fit, uh, fits, sorry, uh, the, that subject or that pace, you know, of information that you've, uh, that you've just said, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. I guess that's the main difference between involver and enabler. Enabler, yes, that person is good at it. At the same time, that person, as I said earlier, um, is great at uh, feeling and uh, adopting the best uh, to certain circumstances where uh, that teacher is. Yeah, and uh, you, I'd like you now to think of uh, back uh, school days. Let's have a bit of nostalgia. And uh, what kind of teachers did you used to like um, kind of working with? Let's say like working. And, uh, and uh, what kind of, I mean, maybe methods you didn't like? Because everything goes from childhood. So, Julia? Well, um... Speaking about my school years, mm -hmm. I remember a teacher of physics. Um, you know, sometimes she was really aggressive to teach her subject, but um, she gave the information in a really interesting way. And um, like, 
even the laziest person would get interested in it. Wow. Uh, so she was a kind of an involver, I guess. Okay. Uh, who could um, give some, I don't know, extra examples, not like something, some facts, mm -hmm. but some real examples from life. And this is really... Did you have that sort of a hands-on experience? Like, did you, mm, I don't know... Do experiments? Yeah, experiments. Uh, yeah, sure, wow. sure. Wow. Because when I studied at school, we didn't have that kind of things. We, we just, we were completely, we were just taught uh, that 100% theory, you know, how things work, that's it. And the... But and we didn't do we didn't have any experiments and uh, anything like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, what Julia what Julia said has actually really struck a chord with me because um, this is a funny a bit of a funny story. So I was I was actually on Instagram the other day mm -hmm. and um, well I found um, well I found a blogger. Okay. Well, he his main content um, has to do with bodybuilding. Yeah, and I I don't know I mean I. I don't have a clue about bodybuilding. I don't know anything about bodybuilding. Yeah, but you know, I watched one of his videos, and um, it was a really in-depth. Um, it was a kind. It was a really in-depth, informative video about um, you know modern-day bodybuilding tactics, which uh, which um, supplements people are using nowadays, and so on and so forth. And mm -hmm. he made it seem so interesting that I actually, you know, I found his YouTube channel and started watching other videos. Yeah, so. I have no idea about this topic. It's not something I'm actively involved in, but he made it seem so interesting that I actually wanted to, you know, check out more of his stuff. And I think there's um, there's something special, you know, there's something to be said about somebody who can make something, something even even something that you're not particularly interested in, seem yeah, seem super interesting. Mm -hmm. And um, I guess um, that's sort of the approach that I've always tried to, you know, like make somehow make grammar seem interesting. Like, what do I have to do to make grammar seem like like something interesting, like mm -hmm. something that somebody would want to know about? Yeah. Yeah. And those were always the teachers that I um, that I gravitated to. That's another, you know, kind of... Do not... Uh, correct me if I'm wrong that uh, you're saying that it's a matter of being a great storyteller, you know, that kind of thing. I mean, like, um, by telling something or showing something you you are, you are great at attracting almost anyone i i think that um so human beings uh, naturally notice notice passion in mm -hmm. other human beings and, mm -hmm. um or about the bodybuilder guy right i think what attracted me most was that he was passionate about mm -hmm. what he was talking about and that passion kind of rubbed off on me you know mm -hmm. i could feel it mm -hmm. and that hooked me in and I think when you're passionate about what you're doing, it naturally kind of spreads to the people that you're talking to. Yeah. Okay. And yeah. so I think first to be passionate about what you're doing, and you know, <laughs> you'll find magically in time it'll just it'll just spread all over. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, I see. I That's... mean, it's and it's funny like this. This, you know, it's so fundamental that it 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 spreads to all facets of life. I mean, it's. Think about politics, right? Okay. Think about all the greatest and most charismatic politicians. Yeah, it was the people who were, who had a certain fire, you know, in their, who had a certain fire in their blood, you know, people who were first passionate about what they were doing, and so they were able to convince people to follow them. Yeah, so it's, 
I think it's just a natural human tendency. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And you know, something to add. Uh, speaking about kids, children, teenagers, they always should be impressed. Mm-hmm. This way, the information will be just right in the right cell. Um, and uh, the person, the teacher who has passion, he will definitely um, strike into that, I don't know, <laughs> thing in the brain. <laughs> <laughs> I see. Yeah, that idea. Okay. Um, well, okay, that's brilliant. And uh, yeah, I, I'd like to talk about, yeah, great that you touched upon that point that it's uh, great to be passionate of, you know, of something that you love. And uh, do not you think, okay, what, what a teacher might be passionate about? I mean, what is there to be passionate about being a teacher? Being proud of your students, being, I mean, feeling, because when you're an athlete, let's say, right, you mm-hmm. might be passionate of achieving, of growing and, you know, and at the same time being famous and getting that fame and, uh, and so on and so forth. But what if, like, you are just doing something, uh, let's say, mm, kind of routinely, you know, and it's sort of a learning, and I mean, in anything, it's a, it's a long run. Right, and it's a, to my mind, it's a pretty difficult to to remain passionate of uh, of something. Huh? Correct me if I'm wrong, please. Mm. Yeah, that's a good question. So, um, all right, so how to stay passionate about something that's sort of routine, right? I mm-hmm. guess um, I think that well, passion. Um, if you think about relationships between people, right? You okay. Know, um, a lot of relationships, you know, quote unquote, you know, quote unquote, grow stale, right? Because um, um, I think you have to be willing to put in the time and effort to be to be creative, right? Mm-hmm. I think that a certain effort, a certain amount of effort, has to come from within you to to um, you know find creative ways of um, of explaining things, explaining topics, for example, um, find creative ways of approaching certain topics okay yeah so um i think that i mean passion doesn't come out of nowhere it comes out of you know constant kind of active creative engagement with whatever it is you're doing yeah okay and um um you know just like in the relationship metaphor that i brought up brought uh-huh. i think that a lot of people think that just by remaining passive you know the passion will just remain there you mm-hmm. know? and then they quickly discover that oh it you know, without any, you know, w- without any sort of effort, you know, it just fades away very quickly. Mm-hmm. And I think there has to be some kind of constant crea- creative engagement with whatever it is you're doing. Yeah. So a teacher is a creator. Yeah. He's a creator, 100%. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a teacher is definitely a creator. Great. So, um, again, uh, back to our teachers and school days. Um, yeah. And uh we discussed a little that Julia told us about teacher that she did not used to, let's say, like working with, right? But as for the, you know, did you have that experience with teachers, uh, no matter, like regardless the top that subject, um, that really inspired you and uh, you liked, uh, and uh, you know, seeing them and working with them and interacting with them, in all senses? Because to my mind, you know, it's very important at school days when a teacher is really creative, as we said, and is passionate, because through that passion, um, students, you know, um, who are 
at some point exposed to that passion, they they just you know it, it, the teacher sparks that fire, mm-hmm. and they, nobody knows where that fire goes. Then it might be a person might be really then in kind of inspired, and uh, let's say for English, right? Because it's a part of a process you're supposed to watch, listen, read something, and that passion might lead to um, to listening to something, and then it, that listening might lead to being a critic in music or musician, you know, and so on and so forth. Do not you think that? In that at early age and at that beginning, um, uh, teachers are kind of really uh, plays very important role. And uh, if you had that kind of teachers, really? I remember in primary school I had a teacher. So we had one teacher for maybe three years. Okay. And uh, what I remember about her that she was really caring. She gave that support that a child needs. Uh, in early age because it's the first time when the person uh, gets involved into different subjects into science different things and um, it, it's now when you either you get involved or not mm-hmm. actually I noticed that more than children nowadays they are they they're not interested in schools at all. Mm-hmm. Like when I was a child in my first grade, I wanted to go to school. Mm-hmm. I was running, but uh, now uh, they don't know. They don't want. Mm-hmm. Children actually get happy when distance learning is announced yeah, by mm-hmm. the government and stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's pretty. Yes, it's pretty shocking. Yeah. And do not you think that those teaching standards, let's say, have uh, kind of got outdated that's why students no longer and let's say you know kind of schoolers no longer like it i suppose yeah. mm-hmm. that's uh, i think it's something obvious right <laughs> yeah okay uh, i remember mm-hmm. yeah i just have um sure yeah, sure just to give, um, <gasps> sorry i just sort of pin what julia was saying i am um you talked about a caring teacher that you had in primary school and i um i always gravitated towards teachers who seemed approachable. Okay. Yeah. That approachability always attracted me. Um, a teacher that made you feel like you could approach them and, you know, engage with them, um, you know, knowing very well that you're, that you're young and <laughs> your ideas are kind of silly. Mm-hmm. I remember that must have been in the ninth or 10th grade. Yeah. I was really inspired by my mathematics teacher and I, um, I don't know, I was doing some, I was doing some work, I was doing some homework or something, and I, um, I actually thought I, I actually thought I invented a new mathematical formula. Okay. Yeah. I, I was like, whoa, whoa, yeah, I, I found a different way of, you know, finding like an angle or something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't remember the specifics, but I thought I'd actually invented something new. Mm-hmm. So I, I actually went to the, to the, yeah, I actually went to, um, her office, yeah, and she okay. was the head of the mathematics department. So I went to her office. And I said, uh, "Do you have um, like fifteen minutes? I want to show you something." <laughs> she was like, "Yeah, sure." And I was like, "Look, yeah, I think I've discovered something new. Like, I think I've discovered that I've made the next mathematical discovery." <laughs> and I actually spent yeah ten, fifteen minutes uh, explaining her, explaining wow. to her, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow! Yeah, yeah it's and amazing. she said, uh, she, she was just, mm-hmm, yeah, okay, mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, she was like, okay, I'll, 
I'll tell the other. I'll, so I'll go to the office and I'll tell the other math teachers about it. Yeah, I mean, obviously, it was there was nothing really new about it. It was, sure. it was just a kind of shortcut um, yeah. to finding the answer that I happened to stumble upon. Yeah, but mm-hmm. um, you know, she she took it seriously. Yeah, she took what I was saying seriously, and um, it's amazing, you know, really, that so when you have that kind of experience and I, now being a teacher, I guess it's so at the same time cute, you know, when a student, you know, just tells you something that uh, he or she, you know, has found out, really. Uh, you know how I became involved in English? Nope. Um, <laughs> We've just met for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, that was maybe in the ninth grade uh-huh. and it was English class and the teacher, she always asked me to go and stand in front of the whole group and to say sounds like th, the, mother and you know I felt really embarrassed I felt terrible why did she make me to do that mm-hmm. and inside me uh, I was so furious and mm-hmm. I decided like Come on, now I'm going to find a tutor for me and show her that I can, that I'm able to learn English. Mm-hmm. And after that, so it was a kind of, you know, uh, such method, maybe it's not um, ecological how we used to say, it, yeah. but uh, it worked with me and it motivated me to to start learning English and Hold on, there were just two ways. She either just could force you, you know, just to hate English or mm-hmm. just yeah. love it, you yes. know? Yeah. Hate or love, right? Yeah. And you just and love you choose. <laughs> yeah. you hate the teacher. <laughs> but, you know, to my mind, I guess it's a pretty, pretty um, kind of risky, I would say, or dangerous way of uh, uh, attracting a child to doing something. I mean, because, yeah, just the forcing. I mean, yeah, it could go either way. Yeah, yeah it's, it's just the forcing. I mean, as for even now, when I work with adults, I'm, again, adults, like I'm trying to avoid that kind of forcing attitude because, again, it's a, it's a language, you know, it's something invisible and uh, you need just to feel it and you can't make a person feel, you know, by forcing him or her. Do you agree with me? I don't know, maybe I've just <laughs> kind of went on my own thoughts. I mean, just... Um, um forcing it's a bad attitude attitude and it's just uh, it should be you know like a, like a dance i mean you need to just invite a person i mean and uh, mm-hmm. by setting uh, that a fancy and joyful talking about kids joyful atmosphere you just get uh, kids more and more interested in it and then they step by step um themselves they get um kind of get deeper and deeper yeah. to that subject uh-huh. yeah and actually, I'd, I'd love to hear what Julia has to say about this, because I remember you at some point telling us that you had, uh, when you just left university, you had a, let's say you had a, um, a more pushy approach towards teaching. Mm, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, uh, you should do that. Yeah. You must do that. You know? <laughs> yeah, you see, like, I, I was passionate. I am passionate. And okay. this why everyone should learn English. Come on, guys. <laughs> Well, wow. no, it's settled down. That's okay. <laughs> By the way, um, how do you? Um, okay, what's your now? Yeah, now you are just more settled. But do you still um, force your ki- force your students, like regardless, like kids or adults, to do something? Because as you know, again, uh, people are different, and some people like doing homework, for example. Some people don't. 
Like, how do you handle with it? I mean, with do you still force them, or you're just more mild, you know, and uh, you're looking for compromise? And you get it while you're thinking. Because mm-hmm. well, to, mm-hmm. to my, again, I'm trying just to be kind of honest with them and straightforward. Like, it's, it's like, look, it's pretty easy. If you don't do that, if you don't practice, you won't grow up. That's it. You know, it's easy. Okay, like, easy peasy, you know. And the, But if a person realizes that, then he, again, either keeps working and then you help him again or just uh, looks for some justifications like oh i was late i have no time blah 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 well um i uh, so all right so let's say you you know you're a teacher and you have a student right okay you know i guess on one level on one level of, of analysis there's um there's a certain kind of con- contractual obligation you know, okay. that's formed between the teacher and student mm-hmm. and, um just out of common, you know, just out of common decency, right? Um, mm-hmm. Out of a sense of duty, I think. Um, obviously, there has to be some kind of imperative to do homework, do tasks, and mm-hmm. and so on and so forth. Just, you know, not even out of forcing, but just because, you know, um, you're you supposed have, to. Well, because you're supposed to, because there's there's a kind of, like I said, you have a contractual obligation mm-hmm. to do that. Yeah. But on the other hand, um, I mean, you can't force somebody to. You can't you can't force somebody to love the language, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that it really is only out of love that you know a beautiful flower can mm-hmm. you know grow out of the soil. Mm-hmm. And um, I think what you're really trying to do is to try and make the person fall in love with what they're doing. Mm-hmm. I don't think that forcing oh can ever get somebody to fall in love with sure. with the language or you know or otherwise. I see. Totally yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But yeah, it's not about the force. It's it's like um, it's waiting. show uh, the person different ways that um, how he can learn how he can study and uh, being a creator. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, the person, the student, if he really needs that, okay. he will get infected, you mm-hmm. know, with this. Uh, if no. He will leave you and just he will find something else that he really likes. Mm-hmm. I see. Yeah, it's something kind of inevitable, right? You either, yeah, that person, I mean, like an English learner, as we talk about English, um, either just um, um, takes in, into account whatever you tell him. I mean, by saying whatever, I mean like these different ways, right, to achieve your goal, uh, or just. Uh, goes away right yeah it's kind of like um you know what happens with children right i feel like it continues into adulthood so Mm -hmm. you know how um you know a modern day child is raised you know children are raised in such a way that they kind of get a feel of all right so you take them to ballet classes for Mm -hmm. example um you know once that's done you take them to english classes then afterwards you take them to i don't know like native russian dance okay uh, dance class and then Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, uh-huh. okay. um, then you take them for piano lessons. Yeah, you just kind of expose them to all sorts of different stimuli, to all okay. sorts of different things. And, you know, whatever latches onto them or latch on, and whatever doesn't, doesn't, yeah. And it's almost like the same thing kind of applies to adults. It's I like, see. You know, 
we as English teachers just here to kind of offer them that possibility, you know, um, and, um, you know, show them different ways, as, as Julia put it. And if, you know, if it catches on with them, you know, if it strikes a chord with them, yeah, then they'll take it. And mm -hmm. if it doesn't, then mm, they'll go in search of something else elsewhere. Yeah, mm -hmm. something that'll be appealing to them. Yeah, appealing to them and their their character, their personality. And it's also, it's all about, yeah, trying to, you know, get a feel of everything. Yeah. I see now. Okay, great. That's, I am a bit, uh, you know, like, um, mm, interested in it because really, uh, the, like, uh, the longer, uh, I, I work as a teacher, the more and more, um, kind of questions maybe. And, uh, uh, really it, it, it turns out to be sort of a maze to me, you know, like where I'm just trying to find some methods which better work and, uh, with different people. Um, if you've, got, if you've got the question, by the way, you're welcome to ask us, maybe. Oh, you know, at this moment, I have the question to you, like, what do you think? Ah, I think, oh, I don't know. Just, uh, again, as I said, I'm pretty um, open-minded in that case. I mean, like, I remember starting at uni and, uh, you know, we had a bunch of professors uh, and, uh, you know, and uh, again, at the beginning of my teaching practice, I kind of somehow I refer to them I try to copy their way of teaching you know I think it's something um, kind of inevitable and uh, yeah and then I, I like analyzed and uh, they came to conclusion that um, most of them are pretty straightforward and they had like um, Soviet Union and there's a even uh, method which goes like um, mm -hmm, where is it I've just written down it it's um, Translating and the teaching, yeah, grammar translation, grammar translation me, teaching method. So where you're supposed to read, translate, read, translate, you know. And I really, I, I, I really hate it that way because I, I couldn't get the point like uh, why I need to translate that if I, you know, if I study English. I mean, I, I came here to study. Why I need to translate it? And um, um, so then I sure. That's why I realized, like, um, when I start teaching, I would, I would certainly avoid um, kind of asking my students translate because I, you know, as I said, it's a complete to my mind, it's completely pointless. And uh, then I just realized that so it's a really um, being a teacher, uh, and uh, you should be kind of friend at the same time, a person who can, like, a torch, you know, show where that person should go, and if that person is interested. He, you know, he or she again is like is is very likely to go there. That's what I think. It's like mm -hmm. a, I'm like a like a torch, you know. Ah, uh, you know, sometimes students get lost. They don't understand uh, where they are going. Mm -hmm. like, they feel that oh, that's enough, or maybe like you know, they can have uh, this depression. Mm -hmm. What for? Mm -hmm. And uh, they start missing classes or being late, coming mm -hmm. late, uh, and uh, in, in this time they need support. Mm -hmm. in, and maybe this time you need to tell them why you are studying English, uh, what for, mm -hmm. try to remember their goal, mm -hmm. yeah, things like that. So maybe in this situation you should use this force. I see. By the way, there's a great that you touched upon that thing, uh, setting goals. Do you think that it's extremely important to have a goal? I mean, when it comes to 
Mm, not, I mean, just achieving your like goals as a professional athlete, but like a learner. It's important to set a goal so that you feel that you are growing, or you just need to just let it go, and we'll see at the end of the day that you you are fluent in English or Spanish, Chinese. So, Kitera, what do you think? Did you get my question? Yeah, yeah, uh -huh. your question, yeah. That's uh, again because I'm a bit skeptical, a bit skeptical because mm -hmm. I partly agree with setting goals, but I don't think it's a really um, practical or maybe efficient way to consider that as a, as a really, I mean, as a synonym to achieving goals when it comes to sports, you know. I mean, I don't think that it works in that way as well. I mean, when you are just a learner, right, you, yeah, you're supposed to have that chief goal, like um, to immigrate or to um, just to, when you go traveling and feel comfortable communicating with with foreigners and so on. But at the same time, like a setting it like a monthly goals, weekly goals and annually goals, I don't think that it works in that way. Mm -hmm. Do you think so? You might be disagree with me. Well, I mean, yeah, I um, completely. I guess I'll, I'll answer your question with a question. I mm -hmm. guess, yeah, I mean, how, um, you know, language learning is kind of, it's, um, yeah, it's good that you introduced the um, the idea of athletics, right, mm -hmm. where goals are kind of concrete, whereas mm -hmm. learning a language is a very abstract endeavor. And how do you how do you set goals mm -hmm. with regards to learning a language? I suppose is my question. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, um, I don't know, I should be able to read, um, read and understand, uh, you know, a certain type of book or... I, I don't even know how okay, you do it, to be honest. Mm -hmm. You know, as uh, taken into consideration some cases of our students, mm -hmm. why they start learning English? Mm -hmm. Because they need to move to another country or mm -hmm. it's work that mm -hmm. forces them to study English. Mm -hmm. Or... Uh, there is another group of people who just do it for pleasure, mm -hmm. and that's it. Or, or speaking about kids and teenagers, their parents mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. push them to study English. So that's yeah. why uh, the goal is um, to get promoted, for example, and that's why people decide to start learning. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I see. I see that they were, they were different. But again, let's uh, talk. Um, you know, uh, regarding your what you said, I guess. It's clear to, th to see and to set these concrete goals when it comes to, let's say, um, kind of grammar, for example, like by the end of this kind of month or uh, year, yeah, I, 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 I must be able to use present perfect tense, present perfect continuous, I, and I so on. I must be able to use must. <laughs> yep, that's for sure. So, and something like that. It's something clear, you know, but as for um, other aspects, I mean, speaking, yeah, and the uh -huh. vocabulary, you know, it's uh, it should be in a way like just a. I remember, you know, just um, again as we discussed with you last time on our last episode, you must kind of. It's great if you manage to create that universe in which you 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 can practice English, you know, or Chinese, whatever you learn. So, and uh, I guess this uh, this is should be your goal to set that to create that universe, mm -hmm. and as long as you manage to create it. By speaking to people from your from foreigners, by taking part, watching, listening, and uh, reading, you know, and stuff like that, and you, you do that, and you enjoy it, you really like being in your universe. 
that's I guess it's a goal which which is sure to lead you to that success. Mm, yeah, yeah. Do you think so? Yeah, yeah. Great. We found that formula <laughs> of, <laughs> of uh, study. And um, yeah, I don't know. I've got just a bunch of questions. Maybe again, you've got something to discuss like uh, regarding your methods. Um, I guess back to goals, right? Uh -huh. So, um, you know, just by talking to you guys now, I've, I've come to say, I've come to discover that there's, uh, it's almost like there's a, there's a scale of, of abstraction, right? Okay. When it comes to, and I feel, so how, um, what kind of approach should you take um, if somebody says, you know, I'm learning English because um, I have a very particular exam I have to prepare for, or I, um, I have a job interview, for example. Okay. Yeah, I have a job interview in three weeks. For Something instance. specific. Something very specific, yeah, like, you know, laser specific, yeah. Julia? That's <laughs> all right. I don't know. Once I had that kind of experience with a student who was who, she was going to take uh, IELTS exam, and we had about really four weeks. Yeah. And uh, that's it. You know, I was again pretty pretty straightforward to, to her, and I said like, okay, so now we aren't studying English. We aren't learning English. We are just uh, um, trying to uh, get used to uh, taking IELTS. I mean, because IELTS as TOEFL, you know, has a lot of pitfalls. And the, you have to be familiar with them. You have to know how to do speaking part, listening part, and some tricks you need to, you know, be aware of. So yeah, there are a lot of things that you should be prepared for. So that's uh, I think you need to uh, spend these four weeks. Uh, yeah. No. So you have to familiarize yourself, yeah. right, with the. Exactly, because yeah, it is they're preparing for. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But again, it depends on the goal. I mean, if a person is trying is is going to take IELTS or TOEFL, it's you know it goes without saying that person is likely to 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 speak well and you know like well enough, you know, because it's weird if you are just an elementary or uh, pre intermediate is going to take IELTS. I mean, it's possible, but it's going to be extremely difficult. Mm -hmm. Well, what if somebody said? Um, what if somebody came to you and said? Um, Okay, I don't. Um, I don't actually want to learn English, but I want to give a speech in English. Yeah. Okay. Um, you know, it's going to be written down. Yeah, but I. I don't really. I. Um, you know, I'm poor when it comes to reading English. Yeah. Okay. So I want to work with you. Yeah, for the next I don't know three weeks. Okay. Yeah, and um, you know until I'm able to read this speech in a, uh, you know, in a semi palatable manner. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I had this experience. And oh, come on. Yeah, one of my friends asked me to prepare the text to read it with her. And she did it. But, you know, the pronunciation was... Yeah, left a lot to be. Left yeah. a lot to be desired. Uh, uh -huh. Like, it was like, let me speak from my heart. <laughs> it's very uh -huh. bad. But, you know, she did it in a really exciting way that wow. I think all people who were listening to it were attracted and uh, impressed because it was so uh, sincere okay. from, from her heart. From, it really was yeah. from her heart, so yeah. <laughs> wow. And uh, no one cared <laughs> about your pronunciation. Uh, in this case, uh, if someone asked me like, okay, I had another case mm -hmm. a month ago, my friend came to me and said, Julia, I have an interview next week. Just do something. I need to help. Okay, uh, we met at the cafe. He said, uh, I need some really, uh, I need to find a place where it would be really stressful for me. Mm -hmm. I said, okay, let's go to the cafe. There would be a lot of people. 
and we improvised uh, we made it as if it's a real interview mm -hmm. and I asked questions uh, you should just show the person that he has this or that level mm -hmm. uh, and your role here is just to mm, make them feel more confident mm -hmm. in what they have mm -hmm. and uh, help them to use uh, their knowledge uh, in a confident way and that's it Mm -hmm. Of course, you don't have enough time to prepare well, but at least uh, these those constructions which we have, you can use them freely. I see. And this is the way. Okay. And, and that's it. Okay. <laughs> well, uh, that's... Uh, you know, this is the 45th minute we've been recording this podcast, uh, and you, you told us that you need to go because you've got three minutes yeah. left, right? Have a glass. <laughs> okay, so Jill is leaving us. Yep, thank you very much for joining us, really. Wow, that's been Marble Podcast and an incredibly ep interesting episode with Jill Kuznetsova. Thanks again for joining us. And you, dear listeners, uh, hope you enjoyed listening and picked up some knowledge for this episode. Thanks a lot. Cheers. Cheers.